We want to welcome all the listeners to the 22nd episode of Minority Report with Eric and Carell. Each episode, we talk with real operators and leaders in digital media. Today, joining us is Elise James DeCruz, VP and Head of Multicultural Marketing and Inclusion at MediaMath. Let's jump in and get to know Elise. Elise, how are you? Doing well. Really excited to be here. Thank you both for having me. Fantastic. We're excited to have you. Elise, tell our listeners a little bit about what you're up to right now with work and and what you're doing for a living. Sure. So um, I have been at MediaMath for uh, almost eight years uh, in January. I started out as the founder of the New Marketing Institute, which is the educational arm of of MediaMath. We provided training, certification, and programming for the industry. And I recently transitioned into a new role this year, um, heading up multicultural marketing and inclusion. So really excited about this new opportunity, uh, focusing on uh, workforce, workplace, and marketplace, and how we can create more inclusion within uh, MediaMath and outside of MediaMath. I'm also the uh, co-founder and president of a people analytics company called Dandy. Um, we believe that data plays a important role in the overall DNI strategy. So I'm, I'm really um, excited about working with a group of amazing um, individuals, you know, who's trying to make the workplace uh, fair and equal. That's awesome. Really fascinating. But before you started all that, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and, you know, where you were born and a little bit about your background and culture and identity. Sure. I grew up in northern New Jersey in in Bergen County in a a town called Teaneck. It's probably one of the most uh, diverse towns uh, in in New Jersey, I'd say. um, I always thought of it as a melting pot. And I was born and raised there. My parents are educators. Uh, My mother uh, retired uh, about, about 10 years ago after serving in um, her community in Inglewood as a science and math teacher for over 30 years. Uh, my dad retired from educational testing service, heading up a program called Destination MBA, where he would um, go around the country to bring underrepresented groups into um, MBA programs uh, throughout throughout the country. So, you know, really fortunate to have, you know, parents who understood the value of education and the role that diversity and inclusion plays both from an educational, you know, level and also um, within the workforce. Nice, nice. And and so you've been at MediaMath eight years, you said, right? Yeah, January 12th. Wow. <laughs> that is a long, long time in our space. So congratulations. Uh, yeah, yeah, congratulations on that. And, and Thank uh, you. you know, congrats for to, to MediaMath for being a, a place that someone wants to be at for eight years, too, because that's equally as, as important. One of the questions I have for you is how did you get to MediaMath? Give us a, a, a sense of your career path and journey. Yeah, so I started in the technology space after um, after graduate school, uh, working for um, Thomson Financial at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's Thomson Reuters, uh, working on um, you know training and um, you know documentation, and I met a woman on my team who had an opportunity to bring a trainer in mm-hmm. and to an ad tech company. At the time, like that term was not you know wasn't coined. Right. Yeah. Um, and I gave her my information and, you know, went through a series of interviews and so forth. 
and landed my first job within the ad tech space working for a company called Right Media. Mm. And that was my, you know, that was my initial experience into this industry. And I didn't have any background in ad tech. Mm-hmm. But I identified the transferable skills that carried over from, you know, my roles prior. And from there, it was just making sure that I was, you know, obviously, you know, challenged in every role. Mm -hmm. Like after Right Media, worked for Macy's.com, did some consulting uh, work, Mm -hmm. but then ended up back in, in ad tech, you know, several years later. And come to find out, there were a lot of people that were... Right, media alums, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. who were working at at Media Math. But you know, education was always my my passion and my focus area. Is is that because of the the background that your parents had and what you sort of and what they instilled in you growing up? Was that part of the reason for the passion? I think so. I think so. And you know, I would just say, like to say to build on that. Education can be an equalizer, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, with, within one of the fastest growing industries, I think, on the planet within mm-hmm. ad tech, mm-hmm. you know, education can be that safe space for a lot of people that are running a thousand miles per minute. Mm-hmm. And it can also be an opportunity to gain access to this industry. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, when we originally launched the New Marketing yeah. Institute, you know, outside of educating our, our clients and partners, mm-hmm. it was important for us to educate career changers and mm-hmm. underrepresented groups that were trying to get a foothold into this industry. So I just think education is so important, obviously, you know, it, it, within ad tech, but mm-hmm. also outside of ad tech to get people comfortable yeah, with the terms comfortable with the industry, right, right? and the right. technology that underpins it. Yeah, and and so you know one of the things that that I admire about sort of the work that you're doing is you are combining sort of your your training and learning background mm-hmm. with your passion for diversity and inclusion, right? And so, can you speak a little bit about sort of the combination of two of the two and and why DNI is so important for you and and sort of what you're doing in your mission? Sure. I love the way you frame that. Thank you. <laughs> I hope I can respond to it as eloquently as you. <laughs> um, you know, I think, you know, for for diversity and inclusion, you know, education is is so critical. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not only about getting a group of people in a classroom to talk about, you know, unconscious bias and, you know, and talk about like traditional DNI, right. um, mm-hmm. you know, courses. Right. But it's, you know, it's really it's really about creating that safe space mm-hmm. where people feel comfortable sharing mm-hmm. and connecting. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to traditional education, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. we, we want to create a safe space where people feel like they can ask questions and be heard mm-hmm. and be vulnerable, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's the common thread between like education in the traditional format and diversity and inclusion work. Mm -hmm. Like you have to feel vulnerable in order to grow. And that takes time. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, they want it to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case. Yeah, You know, it's going to take time. Relationships take time to grow. Trust takes time. So whether it's a, you know, 
within a DNI, looking at it through like a DNI lens mm-hmm. or a traditional education lens, it's going to take time and you have to create those those moments yeah. um, and those you know experiences mm-hmm. that will mm-hmm. help shape the conversation, help shape the curriculum, right? Right. right you know, yeah. so I just think it's really important work and the transition was you know, it was a natural one for me outside mm-hmm. of the fact that I had to like leave my team behind. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that was probably like the most emotional part for me because yeah. Yeah. when I joined January 12th, 2012, mm-hmm. I was a team of one, you know, I mean, had amazing, you know, supporters and champions and of course leadership team, you know, Joe Zawatsky, our CEO and, yeah. um, and others on leadership team were extremely supportive and passionate about education. But at the same time, like I was still a, a team, a team of one to so be able to build that team globally from the ground up. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, seven and a half years later, having to, you know, kind of leave them yeah. in, in capable hands. Right, right, right. But still, like that was, you know, that, that was, was like that my, was tough. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad I did it because, you know, I feel like this work is so important, mm-hmm. um, especially within the technology sector and, yep. you know, within the ad tech space really amplify the role that diversity and inclusion plays and to go from you know kind of talking the talk to walking the talk, walking the walk yeah, yeah. Is, is really important I feel like the time is now yes so yeah. I'm, I'm excited it's a challenge <laughs> you know um, but it's, it's great like yeah. I, I, I love it I love connecting with people mm-hmm, and learning mm-hmm. about their journeys and, and helping them take that that next step in their in their career, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you know you've been responsible. Your team's been responsible for training thousands of people. We were talking before uh, we started recording that we ran into each other at IEB Leadership last year, where your team won an award. You're a co-founder of a new company, Dandy. A lot of great accomplishments so far Thank in you. your career. Is there one that sticks out that you're most proud of? And if not, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say the new marketing institute Mm -hmm. for sure, and the marketing engineer program. Like those two programs were instrumental in defining and and building Mm -hmm. on areas that I'm passionate about, and that's you know education, Mm -hmm. you know access, yeah, and creating a, a a learner centered environment that will help people grow professionally and personally. Because mm. as you know, as we all know, within this industry, it's not a nine to five. Nope. Right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> not a nine to five. Nope. Not you at know? All. So it's really, you know, it's really important to find something that you love to do. Yeah. And people that you love to do to, it with. Do it with. You yes. know, because yep. you're here all you know, you're here all the time. So the uh, majority of your life with the people you work with. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And my my kids will tell you. And my husband. <laughs> Jeez. But it's fine. It's great. Lisa, a question about the industry and, you know, you've experienced so much and you talk with so many people. Do you have any thoughts on the industry and how it can be more inclusive and things that are changing, where it's changing and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a part of the, it's called Inclusive 100. It's formerly known as IDAC, Inclusion Diversity Accountability Consortium, co-chaired by Carol Watson and... Lynn, which I cannot remember her last name, but by Diversity Best Practices, and she runs it. And, you know, in that environment, we, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion. 
and, you know, really creating opportunities for underrepresented groups to come into our um, our industry. And, you know, the one thing that sticks out, whether, you know, we're having conversations in that group or, you know, other groups or just talking with folks in general is the access to talent mm-hmm. and the talent pipeline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, while the conversation is great, you know, I, I don't think that we're doing enough to bring people in the doors that might come from non-traditional background, mm-hmm. you know, non-traditional mm-hmm. backgrounds. Yep. And when you say non-traditional background, meaning like professional background? Professional, or, yeah. yeah, it could okay. be, yeah, sure. Professional mm-hmm. backgrounds. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, cultural mm-hmm. backgrounds, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, just in general, like I just keep hearing, you know, people within our industry talking about the lack of diversity and the, the talent pipeline. Yeah, I just don't, I don't think that that's true. I, there are thousands of people of mm-hmm. color and underrepresented groups that are exceptionally smart, mm-hmm. you know, have degrees in tech, right? Or maybe they don't, mm-hmm. but they surely have transferable skills that carry over yeah. into ad tech. Yeah. I just don't think that we're spending enough time as an industry to seek out the groups mm. that foster diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. and that will bring these individuals into our four, four walls or other, you know, other companies. And, you know, quite frankly, I'm just like tired of hearing that there's a, you know, tech talent pipeline issue mm-hmm. because there isn't. Mm. The cultivation of relationships to bring these folks in mm-hmm. takes time. Yeah. But it's worth it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. So I just, you know, that's one of the areas where I'm just like, here we go. Tech talent, <laughs> you know, lack of diversity, tech talent pipeline. But then when you start to unpack that and you ask, you, you know, you ask people like, where have you looked? You know, who's in your network? Look on LinkedIn. How many people within your, you know, LinkedIn connections look mm-hmm. like you, went to the same school as you? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there are small things that you can do to yeah. make sure that you broaden your reach right, and broaden right. the relationships that you have mm-hmm. with people that are outside of your immediate circle. circle. Yep. You yep. know, yep. so. Yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to go on a tangent about no, that. It's just good. like, no, it's, did it's I even great. answer your question? <laughs> no, <laughs> you did, you did. And, and, Sorry. You know, it leads me to, no, it's fantastic. And it leads me to, you know, a question that we're always curious about. And, you know, folks deal with this in different ways. Have you ever personally experienced any discrimination? And if so, you know, how do you deal with that? And, and how do you recommend to others to overcome some of those challenges? Yeah. So I, I mean, I can say, I mean, I've been fortunate throughout, throughout my life and throughout my career that I haven't experienced any overt discrimination. That's not to say that there haven't been instances of, you know, microaggressions and, you know, other things, you know, like Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. But I do think that there have been times where I, you know, question, should I be in the room or should I be you know, at a particular company, mm. you know, luckily like media math is inclusive, mm-hmm. but there have been instances within industry events and other types of events where I didn't feel like I belonged. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for people that are in this work and people that are like in this work being in within 
diversity and inclusion work yeah. and people that are living it, you know, day to day. Yeah. You know when you don't feel like you belong, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. regardless of what yep. color you are. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. So I think I've had, I've certainly had instances where I didn't feel like I, I belonged. Mm. And the way that I overcome that is through self-affirmation. Mm-hmm. And I pull a lot of, you know, like positive energy from my days playing basketball mm. in college. Mm. You know, like I would visualize when I'm on the free throw line or, you know, getting a jump shot or getting a rebound, I would visualize myself doing whatever that was. Gotcha. So I pull, I kind of like pull and like draw from that. Mm -hmm. So if I don't feel like I belong, I, you know, give myself a pep talk, you know, kind of run through like my accolades. It's like, okay, you know, just kind of (laughs) dust my shoulders off. It's like, okay, it's good. I'm good. But that kind of gets me through the moment. I think. After, you know, that moment, if I'm in a position to have like bold and courageous conversations mm-hmm. with people, you know, internally or, you know, externally, yeah, right? Yeah. I do that, you know, because I think that's the only way that you're going to create change within, mm. you know, within this industry in particular yeah. is to create those safe spaces, create relationships where there is a strong sense of trust Mm -hmm. and people will come around, they'll share, you know? So like for me, it's just trying to stay, you know, positive and creating those relationships that might be uncomfortable, Yeah, yeah, you know, um, initially, but But over time in the long run, yeah. It'll be valuable. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I think people are just scared to like make that, like that, that first, first step. Leap. Yes, yeah. that first yeah. leap. Yes. Yeah. Because it does yeah. feel, you know, uncomfortable and you're, you know, vulnerable. But like as I reflect like on my life, I would say like 99% of the decisions that mm-hmm. I've made where I felt like vulnerable mm-hmm. turned into a pot like it turned into a positive thing. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. it was just yeah. like it was uncomfortable in the moment. Right. Like the outcome was like, whew, you know, got through it. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah, so I think it's yeah. well, you know, nothing good is ever easy, right? Isn't that the saying? Something to that effect. Yeah, I love it. I'll take it. Nothing good, is never easy. I love it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier about your your kids, right? And so I have to ask the question. Eric and I are always fascinated by everyone's response to this because we are. Uh, both husbands and dads as well, too, right? And uh, work-life balance. Is there a such thing as work-life balance? I wish I had a, I wish I had a video uh, camera just now. You should have seen Elise's face when I asked that question. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, work-life what? Um, you know, it's, look, it depends on what day of the week it is. Yeah. It depends on what moment in time. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I'm in a place right now where I'm trying to be kinder to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I'm a human. I'm mm-hmm. not a robot. I have good days. I have bad days. And, you know, as long as I'm present and connecting with my kids, with my husband, like, it's all good. You know, mm-hmm. I have a 14-year-old boy, Isile, freshman in, in high school, and I have a 10-year-old girl, Malia Samaj, who is in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they teach me things every day. 
But the one, you know, the one thing is to be curious about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. The same way that we need to be curious about the industry, the yeah. same way that we need to be curious and stay curious about the state of diversity and inclusion within our industry is the same way that I interact with them. Like yeah. asking them questions, teaching me how to, you know, do things, you know, sharing about their day to try to get more than like, you know, one word answers. Mm-hmm. Show, you know, <laughs> it's like showing me the latest app. Now, yeah. like, yeah. you know, I, I've downloaded TikTok like a couple months ago and like, you know, they're just trying to trying to educate me on yeah. what they're yeah. up to. And I try to, you know, educate them on what I'm up to and like why I'm not home at, you know, right. Five o'clock, yeah. you know? So <laughs> you <laughs> <ever>. know, speaking <laughs> of the, of the, of the one word answers, um, a coworker of mine, who's a parent, he gave me some great advice, which I've started using at home Ooh. that I like because I'd come home every day. I'd ask my 11 year old daughter, how was school? And the answer would be, it's fine. And that's it. Or it's okay. Yes, and that's yes. it. So now what I do is I ask the question, tell me the favorite thing that you learned today. Mm-hmm. And that then sparks a conversation. Yeah. I can't get it. That's <laughs> really where it's yes, fine. Yes, yes, so yes. Uh, hopefully for the listeners out there, that'll be good, some good advice for you as well, too. I love that. Yes. <laughs> Keep it open ended. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Free um, wisdom. Free wisdom. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. You're welcome. Um, Got to ask you a question about mentors. Do you have any mentors in the space? And if so, what are some of the characteristics that you like about your mentors? Hmm. I do. I do. I mean, I have I have so many, but I have, I've had so many throughout my career. You know, I've been leaning pretty heavily. Carol Watson is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, she's um, she works at Diversity Best Practices. Elisa Leary, she was uh, she worked at Macy's.com and then Macy's um, for you know a long time. She mm-hmm. recently um, retired. What makes them good mentors? I would say just access. Mm-hmm. You know, t- like just the time that they take in mm-hmm. answering you know answering questions or being a sounding board or you know a thought partner on random you know things. Yeah. Um, yeah with you know that I would ask throughout my career it's been a great experience for me to be able to have opportunity to even connect you know Mm -hmm. with them on that level and they're patient and they're subject matter experts you know so I think you know for for me it's just being able to know that I have like access to them yeah and that they take you know that they take the time Mm -hmm. and are really authentic about the, about giving you feedback giving you and feedback. advice, and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. super important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elise, uh, you know, wh- where where are you finding inspiration from, and where do you draw inspiration from? Maybe both from a family perspective and a work perspective. Yeah, I mean, from a family perspective, I mean, I certainly draw a lot of inspiration from my mom. Um, she's so resilient. She's a breast cancer survivor. Seven, almost, I think, seven years now. Yeah, she's just been, she's just always been there for me. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if she knows this, but like she taught me how to listen. I mean, I would see her and she, you know, room full of people and she would just listen. Mm. And like for me, like that's, that at least that's what people tell me about like you're, you know, you're a really good listener. Like you don't have to be the loudest person in the room to make an impact. Right. (laughs) Um, 
And, uh, you know, in this space, it's like, yeah. you know, are you, the, how loud can you be? Right. You know, so even like this type of, sorry, this type of format, you yeah. know, it's when you ask me to come on, I'm like, like, it's exciting. Like I was honored. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Like, can I talk for like 30 minutes? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, she was just so, you know, she, she's certainly inspiration. Um, you know, I draw from like my kids, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're amazing, so different, but they are so present, mm. you know, yeah. and uh, as the older I get, I'm just trying to be, you know, intentional about being present, Yeah, not just that at home, but, you know, at work as well. And, you know, from, from a career perspective, I mean, I, I draw inspiration from the youth and the students mm-hmm. and podcast and experiences like this where you're really raising the bar on you know how to reach people with content mm-hmm. that is not you know kind of status quo like yeah, you yeah. you know you're being mm-hmm. really you know innovative in that in that regard which I think is is awesome and I just draw from all of these different oh, you know people and experiences yeah, yeah, um yeah. But yeah, I just think, you know, especially within this industry, like things are moving so quickly. And I just try to take moments throughout the day to think about the impact that we're all making as an industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we do that enough, like celebrating, you know, our, our, our accomplishments, accomplishments, celebrating our wins along the way. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a great point. You know, uh, Elise, you know, it's interesting advice to folks coming in the industry. You know, you work with a lot of students, you lo- work with a lot of folks who are, are learning. What sort of advice do you have for anyone entering the industry? Let's say, you know, I think staying curious is important within this industry, like asking a lot of questions, being persistent. Mm hmm. You know, like you're not going to get the first job that you apply for. You might not get the hundredth job that you apply mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because sometimes those jobs were not meant for you anyway. Mm-hmm. Or those environments were not meant for you anyway. Mm-hmm. But really being persistent because that persistence is going to carry over when you like land your job. Because the same persistence that it took for you to get that job, you're going to need 6,000 times more. <laughs> you have the job you know so i think that's really important so you know staying curious staying persistent broaden your network is i think is critical especially within the space because Mm -hmm. you know to a certain degree it is about you know who you know so making sure that you broaden your network so you can get in the door Mm -hmm. you know in Mm -hmm. some instances and and like maybe the last thing is just like be kind Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't I, mean to no, say, say the best that, for last. That, like, can, that cannot be understated. It is so, so true. I mean, we work in such a small industry as it is where everyone knows each other. And you should just be kind because you should just be kind to humans anyway. Yes. Right? But yes. uh, if you're not, you won't go far in this space. I feel like I just answered your question for you. Thank but. you. No, it's great. It's great. No, well, you men- know, that comes from us on, like, going through all of that. And we know who generally isn't kind, right? So mm-hmm. that makes such a profound impact. One you don't want to make, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. 
So I, I have a, a fun question that I like to ask at the end of the of the episode that I asked to everyone, which is your your phone. Name three apps you use on your phone on a regular basis outside of email and calendar. Hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, LinkedIn. All right. There you go. Audible. Okay. Listen to a lot of I books. Listen, yeah, I, mean, I love reading. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, Audible is the next, you know, the second yeah. best thing. Yeah. Another, I mean, I like Headspace. I'm kind of really into that. It's a meditation app. Okay. All yeah. Right. That's can, a new one we haven't heard on the that's podcast a new before. One. So oh, that's good. okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So those are probably like my, my top three. H E A D. Oh, sorry, I'm writing it down. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Headspace. Yeah, and you can, yeah, you can get it's it's free for you know some of the lessons, mm-hmm. and then afterwards it's you know that I don't know how much it is, but it, it's pretty cheap. It's fine. It's gotcha. like a, you know a latte or something. <laughs> but yeah, I, those are probably like my most used. I'm trying to think of what, yeah. And just trying to get my head around like TikTok. It's so frustrating. <laughs> it's just like, that's my, oh my, I mean, it's great, but I'm like, wow. I mean, and that's the way, like my daughter and I, like when I, when I get home, like we'll look through like the feeds yeah, and everything. Yeah, and yeah. I haven't posted my first video yet. I'm okay. still a little nervous. So All I'll right. let you know when I do. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Keep, keep me, uh, Keep but, me yeah. up to date on TikTok because, yeah, that's yeah, one we'll of the apps checking. that my, <laughs> my daughter is on. So. Yeah. Well, Elise, well, Elise, thanks so much for joining us. A lot of our listeners like to stay in touch and maybe, you know, get to know you a little bit later after the podcast. How, how can everyone find you? So I can be on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, certainly, and I'll you know, re- respond. I'm always, I, I love LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So please feel free to like reach out to me that way. I'm not a big Twitter user, but you know, I do have at least James, mm. but yeah, but this was so amazing and fun. And I'm honored that you asked me to be on the podcast. This is wonderful. Yeah. I'm glad, uh, was glad we had the opportunity to make it happen. Yeah. Same here. Excellent. Well, thanks everyone for listening and be sure to find us everywhere you find all of your audio content. And thanks for sharing all the episodes and listening. Thanks for joining us.